Hi, and welcome. You are listening to audio from Alamo Hills Church in San Antonio, Texas, where our mission is to thrive together. As I mentioned before, we are now on our second week where we are going to be starting, and we already have our, uh, started our series called Undivided, Life to the Full. And you'll remember last week, I said that if we're going to begin this series together, the series where we're talking about being a people who are undivided, being a people who are living our life to the full that God has intended us to live, we first need to start off with an undivided heart. We talked about how when you come to faith in Jesus, at that exact moment, a heart transplant begins to happen inside of us where where the heart of God is now positioned into the chest of the believer. And now what we are called to do every single day is now we're called to practice that life out loud everywhere we go. And the position that we hold together, the position that we hold is the position where God has placed our hearts. And again, now we practice it out everywhere we go. That's what it looks like to have an undivided heart. So as we continue to move on in this series of Undivided, I showed that there were different ingredients that I wanted to share with you through the course of this series of what it looks like to be a people who are undivided, how to live in and share this unified vision that was given to us by God and that those ingredients were first, uh, we, we need to live in and share in the same source, the same views, affections, and aims all centered around the person of Jesus. And so today we're going to be looking at the source, the source. You know, when I was in college, uh, Wikipedia had just come out, uh, and I know that I'm like really aging myself here right now, but that was like a game changer, right? Because before then, I remember when I was younger and my stepmom, she bought like the entire Encyclopedia Britannica. Like it was, I don't know, like 20 volumes of really thick books, and, and it just had tons of knowledge. Like really anything you could think about, you would just go to the index and read about it. Um, back in the day when we had the big tube, TVs, uh, they had the big chest that you would put the TV in, and it was like, there was like tons of storage there. Um, You can put like, uh, there was even like a a bookcase uh, that was with the TV, and so that's where uh, my family had this entire uh, collection of the encyclopedia, and it was literally right above the TV, and I remember just looking at all of these books and thinking, man, look at all of that knowledge, But then I would just go back to watching The Simpsons or whatever it was that I was watching at that time. So much knowledge was filled in these different volumes of the books. Well, anyway, when I was in college, as I mentioned, and Wikipedia had came out, and again, that was really awesome. Like, you could literally learn anything about anyone and anything, and it's almost like even unchecked and unverified, but we know that if it's on the internet, then it's true, right? So I would write my essays... And time and time again in my undergraduate um, career, I guess, uh, I would cite Wikipedia on there. And I'd get a decent grade. It wasn't, you know, anything uh, to, to, you know, chant home to about. Uh, It was totally fine. But then once I hit graduate school, a couple of years later, I had my first class. 
See, I'd been away from school for a couple of years, so I was a little bit rusty about it. So my very first paper, I cited Wikipedia. And my professor, he handed my essay back to me, and it looked like there was like some chocolate on the essay as he handed it back to me. I don't know what that was. But anyway, he said, don't you ever, like don't you ever, ever, for any reason, under any circumstance, don't you ever, ever cite Wikipedia ever again. He said, at the very least, would you just go down to where uh, the footnotes are and and go to the source uh, that Wikipedia has on there and then follow the paper trail all the way to the original source? He said, that's what I want. I want the original source. I don't even want to know that you had even contemplated using Wikipedia. Give me the original source. I mean, there's something about that, right? Going to the person who had the original thought and wrote it out for the very first time. My professor was actually really gracious to me, so he gave me the opportunity to rewrite the paper and get the sources in check again. But there's nothing like that original source, right? There's this saying called uh, straight from the horse's mouth. I don't really know what that means. I'm sure it'll be like a really easy Google search, and I haven't done that yet or cared to, but that's what we want to get to, right? Well, there's, a, there's this original source. There's an original source to sin. And there's an original source to sinlessness. There's an original source to peace. And an original source to chaos. And friends, every single day, you and I, we get to decide who or what our source is going to be in every situation and throughout the entire day. Like, for example, if that driver cuts you off, what's going to be your source? Is it going to be the source of chaos and sin where we go back and we tailgate that person and maybe show them the bird? Or is our source going to be forgiveness and grace? Which one is it going to be? You know, for the Christian, Remember, we know from last week that once we said yes to Jesus, there was this heart transplant that happened inside the the person of the believer. See, the scriptures, they tell us that the old person has passed away. That old person whose original source was sin has died and was buried with Jesus, and we've been raised to life with Christ in his resurrection. See, the gift of the glorious resurrection of Jesus is that now our dead bodies, they resurrect to new life with him. And if you've been resurrected to new life in Jesus, would you say amen? Like go ahead and type it in the chat bar or shout it out loud, but don't wake the baby next to you because then mommy won't be mad. I'm more talking to myself right now. See, we already know that God has positioned our new hearts inside of us. And now we got to practice it every day, all throughout the day. It's almost like we're running plays, right? Like, I don't know if you were an athlete, so you kind of have an idea of what I'm talking about when I say running plays, right? Like, you study the plays. You want to know how to work them out. So you have some scrimmages uh, or some preseason ball to play it out every single day for you and I, for all of humanity. Every day is a game day. Every day. 
And all throughout the day, we answer the question, what is our source going to be? Is it going to be the Father of light? Or is it going to be the Prince of darkness? In Genesis, we get the, the incredible creation account. See, and when God created all things, I contend, I really believe, that it was never his intention for sin to fall into the air around us. I really don't think it was his idea from the get-go when he painted an image and a picture of what life was going to be with the creation that he made. I never, I don't think that he ever intended for sin to fall upon everything that he created. Every Wednesday, some of us here from our church and, and those who are, uh, aren't even uh, in this particular church family, they're in the global church family and other places even around the country, we, we join together uh, every Wednesday in a course called Alpha. It's really incredible. It's an opportunity where we are able to discuss different topics on faith philosophy, and science. Y'all, it's, it's really, really awesome. If you uh, want to join, I can give you more details. If you send the church a DM, you can even uh, jump in on the conversations that we're having together. But anyway, uh, the first time that we met together, we were asked this question. We were asked, suppose God were real. And it's phrased that way because Alpha is also intended for people who don't believe in God. And so th- it says, suppose that God was real. What would be the number one urging question that you would want to ask him? You know, there were so many great, uh, so many different uh, incredible questions that came out of our discussion together. And one of them was why? My God, why? When you created all things, why? If you know the end from the beginning, why would you even allow for the slight chance for sin to fill the air around us? You know, there's a lot of smart people who've tried to answer the question, but, but we're all just guessing here. The Catholics, by the way, they have a really great answer to a lot of life's unanswered questions, and, and they call it the mysterion. I mean, just that's kind of a cool word to even just say. You might want to just say it out loud, mysterion. Basically, what it means is, yeah, I don't know. It's a fancy word for just saying, I, I have absolutely no idea. This word mysterion is actually used several times in the New Testament, and, and the Greek translation for it is mystical, that God is even mystical in the way that he works with creation. So I don't know, maybe God does look a little bit like Gandalf after all. Uh, I don't know, side note, uh, Tolkien was a strong believer in Jesus and best friends with C.S. Lewis, one of the most incredible theologians of all time. But yeah, we don't know why sin was able to creep into the creation that God made. And, And I know that that makes a lot of people upset. I know that it frustrates a ton of folks, but what we do know is this. We know that the sweet remedy has come. We know that the cure, the source of peace and hope, the source of love and justice, the source of unity and perfect shalom, 
Shalom, isn't that a beautiful word? Does anybody out there in the digital world know what shalom means? If you have an idea of what it means, feel free to share it in the chat. We also usually have a, a chunk of folks uh, hanging out with us on YouTube, so feel free to, to type it in there as well. Whatever you might think that shalom means, let's dialogue together right there in your house church. What is, sh- what is shalom? It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. I'd love to hear from Debbie or Pam, Mike, Tori. uh, My uncle Oscar tunes in sometimes as well. And then we'll circle back around. But as you do, as you do, I want us to come together over the next few moments. As we journey on, I want you to know that we're going to walk through and uncover more of what this source is. We're going to see this picture of living a life undivided. And we're going to get a quick snapshot on this journey to unity and the source of it all. And then lastly, it's going to be our call. What is our call to live this undivided unity? How we are called to be attached to the source. All right, uh, did I give you a couple of moments there to respond in the chat bar? I hope that you uh, were able to. There's going to be folks that would love to dialogue back and forth with you as well. Um, So let's go ahead and get to work now. Uh, I want to share with you my perception of what shalom means. Basically, in my understanding, it's it's a mashup of all of these things that I just mentioned to you. It's a mashup of peace and hope of love and justice, of perfect unity, all being mashed together to form this shalom. You see, there's not a singular word in the English language that's able to encompass all of the beauty and the reality that is shalom because it's so otherworldly. Like the only humans in the history of the world uh, to be able to experience shalom were the first humans, were Adam and Eve. They're the only ones who are able to have a frame of reference of what it was like to live in shalom and now what it's like to live out of shalom. So you and I, we really don't have any sort of frame of reference so that we can be able to comprehend what this perfect peace of God really looks like. You see, since the fall of humanity into sin, since that time that we fell into sin, God has been working. Y'all, he's been toiling the, 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 the fields with blood, sweat, and tears. He's been working to bring his shalom back to the people. One time he was working so hard on bringing shalom that he actually turned into a burning bush. That's a dad joke. I don't know if that worked out. I might uh, never say that one again. But if it did, then, you know, I might use it again. I'm working on my dad jokes here. I want you to look at this. This right here is the Holy Bible. It's a collection of 66 different books and letters, and if you're Catholic, there's even more books in there because we all know that they're overachievers. And what it is, is it's a story of God working to bring shalom back to the people, back to his creation again and time and time again. 
Y'all, he's working to bring his peace. First through a people called the Israelites. And for one reason or another, it just wasn't working out. Like God was working his source through the Israelites, but y'all, they were so fickle. Like one generation, they were all gung-ho about God and spreading his love and peace and harmony and justice throughout the world. And then the next, you see a generation who is now starting to uh, commit all sorts of sins against God and one another. I mean, there's stories of them actually sacrificing false to false gods in the sanctuary of God. And so God looks at himself and he says, y'all, we got to go down there. Son, you got to go down there. We got to bring our kingdom to earth just as it is in heaven to give them a taste, to give them a foretaste of what it's like in heaven with us. And so, son, you got to go down there. He says, you see, you are the source. You are the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. And so Jesus, he looks at his father and he says, yeah. Yeah, father, I know. I know I got to go down there. I know this is the only way the original source needs to come down and dwell among the people. The original source needs to be the cure and the perfect remedy. It's the original source. The the one who created all things is the only one whose blood is going to be sufficient enough to bring a divided people and make them undivided. Only the originator, only the creator. That's the only one who could reverse the course of time and heal this sin sickness. Only Jesus. And so we know that the story goes that Jesus comes down and he models for us what it's like to live a life pleasing to him, life to the full. Actually, in the early church, Christians, we were called people of the way. Like even non-believers, they would say, oh, look, there is a group of the people of the way. You see, Jesus, he sourced for us the way to live this life undivided. See, that was the original intent for all of creation, for us to live united under the love and authority of God the Father. And then we know that sin wrecked all that up, which by the way, Eve, I'm just going to warn you right now that my wife is not very happy with you. She gave birth to two kids uh, naturally with very minimal pain medication. So she's going to have a couple of words for you whenever we meet you because we hear that it was yours and uh, Adam's fault. Uh, But anyway, we have this source that we can literally follow to a T. We can follow the ways of Jesus exactly how he lived. Because we have the way that he lived. His, his writings are in the scriptures that we hold in our hand. And so guess what? Now we don't have to wonder. Like we have so many friends who are just wondering, how do I respond to the world around me as a Christian? How do I be loving? 
We don't have to wonder how to be forgiving or how to respond to Black Lives Matter or how to be caring or how to be pleasing to God or how can I inherit eternal life? See, because we have the source right here. There was a time when a hateful white supremacist walked into a prayer gathering at a historically black congregation who, by the way, they invited this young man into their prayer circle with them to show Christian hospitality. I'm talking about the Charleston church shooting. These faithful mourners, they were mourning the loss of their loved ones. You see, they didn't have to wonder how to react and respond to this horrible grief that they'd experienced because they went directly to the source. They knew how to respond to this hate. The spirit inside of them reminded them of the words of Jesus, the words of our source. We just moving through it day by day, day by day. Some days are good, some days are bad, but I just thank God that every day is not the same. But they believe they have to. If you believe in Christ, you will forgive. That's the only way you can heal. If you keep hatred in your heart, it messes you up. Sanders lost her son, aunt, and cousin in the shooting, but she knows forgiveness is the way. She and Shepard are fighting for a future of racial harmony in Charleston, they want Fort Wayne to do the same. Bad coming black and white and different races. Good coming black and white and different races. So um, take time to get to know one another. It doesn't pay to um, stay in your past because God changes things. So it's better to go on with your future. Jesus said in John chapter 14, starting in verse 43, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Friends, these faithful followers, they had the heart of Jesus implanted and positioned in their chest so that when the unimaginable happened to them, Y'all, they were able to draw from the source of Christ that lives within them. And they were able to experience this freedom, this freedom that comes with forgiveness so that now their bodies wouldn't rot away in anger and hatred and malice. Instead, their bodies would flourish even in the pain these victims they were able to look at their murderer right in the eye in the courtroom and tell them that they forgave them as the judge was about to hand him down a sentence justice for the crime that he committed and the entire world the entire world looked at these victims with confusion they were like how like, how could you forgive someone who unapologetically caused so much pain, so much sadness, and so much fear? You see, it's impossible to do unless you're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so. It's impossible to activate God's love over your enemies when the source that you live in is connected to the world. See, but when your source is Jesus, it's his love that's being lived 
through us. You see, it's not my love. It's not your love to give away or even to take. See, that's the truth that helps us forgive. See, it's his love in me that helps me release that person who's wronged me. It doesn't mean that we don't pursue accountability. It doesn't mean that we don't pursue justice for crimes that were committed. It doesn't mean that you go back to your wife beater. But what it does mean is this. It means that we won't let the source of evil win and consume our heart, soul, and mind. It does mean that we let the source of God the Father thrive in and through us. Y'all, that's how we live a life undivided. Undivided from God, undivided from one another, and even undivided from ourselves. See, when we go to the source of light, which is Christ Jesus, that's when this perfect unity and peace lives on and y'all we need god's spirit for this god thank you for your spirit see god has given us the source of what we need to live this undivided life in him like even in the absence of the physical body of jesus in the physical absence of the christ see he promised that he would send the same spirit that would raise god that would raise jesus from the dead that exact same spirit would come and live inside the believer There was a time when Jesus was talking with his best friends. He was talking with his disciples. These disciples that that he was was just talking to his boys and he was letting them know that he was going to be betrayed by one of the boys, that he was going to be murdered, but then that he would go back up to sit at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. And here's what he said. In John chapter 14, Starting in verse 25, he said, all of this I've already spoken to you while I was with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Friends, Jesus says, don't be worried. Don't be afraid. He said, I've given you everything that you need. You've you've seen it. You've seen this source lived out in front of you. And so when I leave, you know that I'm not abandoning you to just fend for yourself. Instead, the Holy Spirit is going to come and be your advocate. The Holy Spirit is going to come and be your comforter. It's literally, I'm literally going to live inside of you so that you are in me and I am in you. And Jesus says, you'll be reminded of all that I have done before you so that you can go and do the same, so that you can go and grow this perfect shalom, peace of God throughout the world and for all time. You see, with Jesus going back up to heaven, 
This is called the ascension. Kind of this like big bang happened. Now, now that there were, there were a Jesus images that filled the world around us. And it kept growing. These images of Jesus kept growing at this unstoppable rate. And now over 2,000 years later, we have folks who are connected to the source of Jesus. Where we are rejoicing in the unity under the love and authority of God through Christ and by the Spirit of God. Friends, and just like that, the Spirit began to spread throughout the expansiveness of the world again. Church, you and I, we remain connected to the source. And when we do, when we remain connected to the Spirit, that's when God's perfect shalom is experienced even on this side of eternity. And by the way, it's not so that the church can be big-headed. It's not so that the church can become haughty and prideful. It's not so that we can begin to think that we're better than those who are outside the faith. I mean, when did Jesus ever act that way, right? Like just go back to the source and see that he never treated people that way. The people of God, you and I, See, we're able to give the world a taste of what it's like to live in the kingdom of God because we're able to experience it our own self. See, when you and I gather, when we gather, whether it's online or in person, whenever we pray for one another, even over the phone, when we care for each other and when we lift one another up, when we cry together and laugh together, we're living in the unity that God intended his creation to live in since the beginning of time. This is such a beautiful picture of how the world works when we're connected to the source of God. That's how The world works when we're connected to the Spirit. It's not so that we can create some insular country club for ourselves. The great Bernice King, she said, in order to be the light, we have to go into the dark. In order to be the light, we have to go into the dark. See, that's our call to action right there, to be the source, to bring the source to the hurting, to the downcast, to those who are experiencing injustice. And what what is the definition of justice? I know that this word, for some reason, has become so polarized, but not so with the Christian, because what we do is we go back to the source of the word of God to answer our questions about life, right? So we go back back to the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus preached in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. I want to encourage you to go back there so that we can make sure that we're all on the same page when we talk about justice. Because anything other than Jesus as the source, anything other than that is total darkness. And so friends, let's be undivided. 
Let's pray that our houses, like wherever you are watching or listening to the stream right now, let's pray that our houses stay unified. Let's pray for our, our home that we call Alamo Hills Church. Let's pray that she stays undivided and for the universal global Christian church that we remain undivided because the enemy wants to divide us. And I think he's done a pretty good job at it. I mean, has he not? There's so much division inside of the church. We don't even have to go very far outside of it to see even more chaos and division. See, he wants to bring, he wants us to bring his light into the darkness. It's light that overcomes the dark. See, God has proven that to be true. Like even through science, we know that light breaks through the darkness because Einstein said darkness is just the absence of light. So yeah, we're able to stand firm in the source. We're able to stand firm in the holy scriptures of God. We're able to stay connected to this source that we have in our hands, and we're able to practice it. We're able to work it out every single day. We're able to work out our brand new hearts by doing some aerobics and calisthenics. We need to get our hearts pumping, the heart that lives inside of us, and so we got to go out and do something with it, knowing that it's only possible through the Holy Spirit that's living inside of us. And friends, I want you to know that when we fail, because we will. We're going to mess up. We're going to have a misstep. We're going to end up tailgating someone. We're going to get snappy with our spouse. We're going to overact in anger. Jesus says to remember that we got to love ourselves. We got to show ourselves some love. We got to show ourselves some grace so that we can then grab the Father's hand who's reaching out to us to pick us back up when we fall so that we can continue on the work that God has for us so that we can stay on the mission. You see, you got to get up because there's way too much work to be done. There's way too much chaos and division. There's too much sadness and injustice. There's way too much anti-shalom going on around us. We need you to get back up on your feet and keep going. But when you're tired, when you feel weak, when you feel like you're just a little bit over it, I want you to know that God will come and lift you up, and he's going to do that through us. He's going to do that through the church, and so we'll carry you on until you're ready to get back to work. See, the church is a refuge. The church is the family of God. So may she always be undivided in her unity toward God and one another. Amen? Amen. Undivided. Y'all, that's life to the full. May we stay connected to the source, the source that is God. Y'all, next week we're going to continue on this series together. We're going to look at shared views, how we're called to be of one mind, the mind of Christ. You're not going to want to miss out. I really hope to see you next week. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for 
your love. Thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, honestly, within myself, it's hard to forgive. But Lord, when it's hard for us to forgive, we know that your spirit lives inside of us. And so may you work work it out in and through us, God. It's your forgiveness. It's your love that we extend to others living inside of us. Thank you that you forgave us. Thank you that every single time we, we wrong you, every single time that we come to you and ask for forgiveness, your scriptures say that you are faithful and you are just to forgive and even forget our wrongdoings against you. And so we rejoice in that freedom and may we extend that freedom of grace and forgiveness to others, God. But I know that it's a journey. I know that it's a progress. And I know that you never leave us and you never forsake us. So as we journey toward the day of perfect shalom and perfect unity, Lord, would you continue to strengthen us to stay the course and to not leave your side because you'll never leave ours. I pray for those who are not in the faith right now that may be questioning faith or are just totally in unbelief of who you are. Would you continue to seek them out? Would you continue to show them your love and your grace? Or would they come to faith in you right now today? And would Alamo Hills be the place that can journey with them for a lifetime? We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you, church. See you next week, if not sometime before. If you'd like to check out more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit www.alamohills.church.